Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride Pride the the Podcast. Podcast. Featuring special guest, Emmy Award winning XR director, Michaela Ternaski Holland. So grab yourselves a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Welcome back. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Pride the Podcast. I'm Ashley Mitchell. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Darrell Anthony. I'm Mr. Brandon Bradley. I'm Aya Onike Cumming. Yes. And thank you to our friends at Rehab Entertainment. How y'all doing today? Doing real nice and fine. Yeah. We had a nice little break. We had a we little did. break. I actually you feel know? like I don't know how to do this anymore. We didn't have a break in life, but we had a break in the podcast. We did. We did. We <laughs> yeah. did. Um, I don't. I don't know if we're ever gonna get a break in life. Yeah, not till the I end of the year. Don't. N- not, not unfortunately. Even then. I mean, we'll get we get the broke break in January from being broke from Christmas and New Year's, where you know everybody's stressed. <laughs> right. But we don't get. No, not the broke. Break. I think I'm going through that now. I was I, like, I, I've, been, I've been broke break for a minute. <laughs> I'm on, I'm broke break twenty four seven twenty four seven baby. Y'all, what's happening though? For real, like there's me and Ashley was sitting and there's more friends of ours right now that are unemployed than are employed. Most and, of my and, friends are unemployed. Yeah, and everybody. And guys, it's not yeah. fun employed anymore. It's no, not fun. Oh, it's not no. fun. Mercury's in retrograde. There was a humongous super blue moon the other night. Mm. Shit is wild. Shit is wild right now. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm. I don't know. I like, feel it. I, I. I definitely feel it. Like I. These past three weeks have been like crazy. Like mm-hmm. they have like shook me to my core. But I feel great about it. I feel great that hopefully things turn out decent. We'll see. <laughs> That's all I fucking got. Adam, your 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 birthday passed. Yeah. The so last the last uh, last we were here, it was right before my birthday. Mm-hmm. Now it's jump to cut two. Um, birthday was super fun. Y'all surprised me <laughs> with my niece, Ow. Maria. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was amazing. Then the surprise birthday. Cause I dead ass was like, I'm gonna come home after this dinner and go to sleep. Like I was like, let's put the movie on. Like, guys, what are we gonna do? Yeah, uh-uh. I was like, nothing he gonna get with the program. I said, Adam gonna get with what I say he gonna do. I was in the cab, just like, ooh, I can't wait. I'm gonna take off these pants. But like, you had to know that you. But but what was you know the most upsetting? I was like, Adam has to know he can't really go to sleep because his niece is coming home with us. So you gonna tell her good night, Maria, and go to bed? Yeah, because they're parents, <laughs> and she no. But she was coming home with us, so at that point, yeah, it's like yeah, so? they they literally passed their house. No, to come of course to not. House. I was not going to go to bed, mm. but I. I was like, I can't wait to get out of drag, put on a movie, and just like veg out. Well, but no, it was fun. It was yeah, but it was a super. I had no idea, no yeah. inkling. <laughs> it was gotcha, fun. bitch. Mm-hmm. It was cute. It was cute. It was cute. It was cute. Corey and I were prepared to sneak away from the table and go to your house before everybody Yo, else. If need to. I you probably should have. I thought y'all were going to need to because not the way I came home trying to cook. I thought I was working at one of those like convenience stores. <laughs> you but were a uh, made-to-order chef. I was, I was no. a short order. The short rat, order chef. Short yeah. The rat race that Darrell and I did before and after dinner was absolutely bonkers. No, no, no. Actually, the rat race we did the entire past three weeks because yeah. right before that we threw 
uh, my friend Ashley Gilchrist, who's also been on the podcast. We threw her a birthday party. We went out, and that was we broke daylight. Then, then we had <laughs> Adams. Honestly, from the th- extravaganza, what, what it is is what I've realized, and I think we all realize this. I know y'all are gonna say, "Duh, Darrell," but we are older, so whenever <laughs> we go out the first Duh, night, <laughs> <laughs> no, but whenever we go out the first night, I have to realize that's it for that's like it. that for ninety percent of the group, that's it. And like we went out for Adam on that Thursday night, like we tore up Chelsea. Tore Chelsea up. I don't know how Brayden still has a house standing because we tore Chelsea up one side and down the other. And so I think that that was it. That was yeah. Like, that, and we, we figured that out. Can I tell you what out. I like about that style of birthday, though? Mm-hmm. Because I don't have the stamina that you all have. Mm-hmm. So I can pick and choose my parties. Yes. So I was there on Thursday and I was there on Friday for dinner. Exactly. So I you came to both parties. What are you talking about? What are you saying? Wasn't there like a beach day? I did not go on the beach day. Oh, yeah, but we barely made it to the beach day. But we did the best we could. <laughs> um, so what's been going on in y'all's neck of the woods? Brayden, what's been going on with you? What you been doing? You don't even want to know. I'm so mad. I hate everyone. I'm so over live. I'm sick of... I can't say that. I'm just sick of things. I'm so exhausted. Well, like, what's been going on? At, like, you know, you've been traveling. You went to a wedding, didn't you? You did some wedding stuff. I did. Didn't you have? Didn't didn't a friend of yours get married? I don't think so. Caitlin? No, uh, no. Liana got married. That's it. But he talked about that before, didn't he? That was forever ago, and we've already talked about that. Mm. Well, so you ain't so you like me and Ashley a couple weeks ago. Well, you ain't got nothing new going on. Wait, you went on a date recently, right? Ooh. I went on three, and I'm not speaking about it here. Why not? Oh, okay, whatever. I was trying okay. to give you some. I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't talk about my personal life on the pod. Oh, because they listen. Oh, right. Oh. They're fans of the show, so that's why. Mm. <laughs> 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 Brain wants to edit it out. So, Aya, what's been going on with you? Please edit that out and pass over me. Ain't nothing going on over here. Okay. We're keeping that in. I O the other I bitch on the, on the no, call the one coffin the, the one coffin what the fuck are you a who owl what else is going on oh, actually much like my friend Brady absolutely nothing I'm sick of both of you y'all both sitting over there right. stuck on mute like Mitch McConnell so let's talk about that <gasps> no let's not whoa, 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 we'll put that whoa, in the next segment whoa. next segment <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Mitch McConnell doesn't even know where a mute button is. <gasps> sorry, I think sorry. He's, I think he's having seizures. I think he is too. And listen, here's the one positive thing about people like us, and, and which is crazy because I feel like the world is always trying to get rid of people of color. They're always trying to get rid of um, people in the LGBTQ community. We actually still care about people. So honestly, even though I know he's an evil person, I don't like seeing someone like that. So honestly... You wouldn't think about listening to this podcast that we like people. But we do like people. I don't. Kind of, though. Kind of. Because listen, we always try to... People who want us dead, we always be like, well, you know, we wish them the best. And I for, know. Who? I don't give a fuck about this motherfucker. I hope he, I watch. Oh. I hope I watch this motherfucker drop dead on live TV. Oh my like, god! Fuck him. No, like I'm not about. No, 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 no. Because he would wish the same damn thing upon us. He would. So when you when they go low, you go low. Okay. No, I go Bro, under I the. I go six feet under. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, 
Um, mm. 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 Well, fuck it. Fuck <laughs> it. Fuck him. Fuck it. No. No. This is just also another reason why we need term limits on these old ass dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, I'm because so. What's her name? Diane Feinstein? Isn't she? She oh just had God. to turn over power of. Tur- She's a Democrat. She had just had to turn over power of attorney to her children. She is 90 years old, mm-hmm. but she could, they still let her do her job. You just turned over power of attorney, bitch. Yeah. 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 No. If she votes correctly. I guess. Yeah. Well, her Whatever. old senile she ass is going to do job. the wrong thing at one point. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, but mm. that is a deeper conversation that we should have at some point. Like, I do believe that there has to be term limits. There has to be an age limit kind of situation. Like, yes, you, you aged have, out. I'm so you, sorry. You cannot have someone that can barely talk or move or have someone to speak for them. And this is now, I believe, the second or third time mm-hmm. that um, Mitch has been having to be escorted off the stage because he freezes. Second time. Second. Yeah, second. The first so, was back July 27th. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so um, it's like crazy. And this even goes He did it for, for my birthday and then he did it for yours, Adam. Damn. <laughs> you fucking Leo. It's the Leo power. We're trying to get rid of the evil. <laughs> um, but this also goes for uh, Biden. Miss Robinette, like his old ass, don't yes, need Ms. to be. A, he cannot run for a second term. I'm so sorry. He is. It's happening, babe. Well, well okay. Well, the thing is, is that we don't have, and I I agree with you. No, but yeah, I, we, I, don't we, don't, a, we don't have a viable any other option. Yeah. Viable yeah. options and the other options we have aren't even mentioned. Like at this point, like I don't know any options that like Marianne Williamson. We gotta stop with her. She has got to sit down. I was like, Brayden loves her. Brayden Bray loves her because she loves crystals and she sits at home and Bray, meditates. If you love Marianne, I love Marianne. No, I like her because she is a true Christian. <laughs> um, sure. homegirl at the Girl, Republican. Um, what's her name from the Republican debate? The one that actually made sense. Uh, Nikki Haley mom. is it Nikki Haley? I yeah, think you're being she was the only person. I think you're being tricked by Nikki Haley because she's trying. Oh, I'm sure, because she made a she made a quite a few of false incorrect statements. Exactly, sure. and she but is she try- made the most sense. But she's trying to pander as. That- a- I believe Brayden yes, said girl, that was the lie Olympics. Exactly. And I believe it's Brayden had said in our, our pride podcast group text chain where we talk about things before we come to the air with you guys is she literally is pandering to the moderates and she's lying yeah. while doing so. Yeah. Like she literally is just yeah. lying. <laughs> so, yeah. but you know who getting told off Vivek, like because you see Eminem. Oh served yeah. Him oh a, yeah. Uh, Eminem served him a cease and desist, and it was like if you use my song one more time. I believe it was lose yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you use my song one more time, it's a rap for you, homie. And you know Eminem don't play from Detroit. So. Right. Right. <laughs> he's always moody. Yeah. He is. He's always so so angry. I know. That's okay. Because he's like, I'm from the I'm from the ghetto, and it's like, all right, we're all from okay, the ghetto. Okay, but like. like Things ain't you so bad. Have, you've been rich longer than you were from the ghetto at yeah, this point. So it's like, so shut like up. let it go. But well, wait, wait let's not, not not too much of my man Eminem now because he's right, Marshall. Because, because there's listen, this no, isn't the, this isn't the first time that Republican members. Because remember when Trump um, was running, was it y- YMCA or something? Like they've all tried to use like songs from artists for their coming out. Oh and, no, like mm-hmm. certain artists don't want to be tied to that. And Eminem has made it quite clear since the jump that he don't want to be tied to nothing Republican or anything like that. That's fine. So for them And to- I'm not saying that that that's wrong because I agree with him he needs right. to do that because it's petty. Right. What I'm saying is you don't have to be so angry all the time. Well, about he's only, everything. Well, about he's, everything. Well this oh, is wait, one thing wait. he should be angry about though. This is the only oh, thing he's angry about. Oh sure, sure, sure. So the, can I just say the reason though people are like 
really quick to send legal notes about people using their music for political rallies. Yep. It's because, like, do you guys remember what happened to Chrisette Michelle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we haven't heard All from she her did since. she go to collect a check. She didn't say that she was for or against anybody. She just went to collect mm-hmm. a check. Mm-hmm. And what did people do to her? They said, bye, girl, you are kind of think the, I think the, I think the, I the aliens that they've been holding got her. So, I mean. Who is? Right. Tony Collette? Chrisette Michelle. Michelle. Oh. <laughs> Tony Collette. Yep. That's why she, she became was, an actress. Right, right, right. That's great. Yes, exactly. No, what, it was um, cassette player. What's her name? <laughs> Chrisette Michelle. Michelle. Okay. Chrisette Michelle. Okay. Is that cassette player? <laughs> You're so, Michelle, you are so disrespectful, Adam. Adam is disrespectful. You don't call she her everything but her name. Or <laughs> everything but a child of God. <laughs> so wait, was she was just using her songs for like political? No, they invited no, no, her no. to sing she, the um, national anthem, at, right? At Trump's inauguration. At, at his at, inauguration. And she said yes. Oh. And everybody was like, bitch, what? They were like, nah, sis. Uh, and then later, like a year later, she tried to come out with like some like black girl magic song. And everybody's like, girl, it's too late. It's too late. So she, no. she yeah. literally is probably in her dungeon right now crying. I'm, I'm sure like, she's counting her pennies right now. Like, it's just, listen, you got to make sure, get on the winning team, as Nene told Sheree. It's time for you to get on the winning team. Get on it. What mm-hmm. are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or Chrisette Michelle. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. She made her bed. Now she has to lie in it. <laughs> she probably ain't got no bed because she probably got no house. She got her mattress on the floor. To collect a check. I don't like care. It was a Trump check. Exactly. Tr- <laughs> yeah, Come on, Nene. Oh, Trump, Trump check. check. This episode is <laughs> sponsored by Nene Leaks because she ain't got nothing else going on either. Oh. You know that check bounce. I know, because Andy <laughs> don't want it back. Mm. It's, it's, it's wild. Listen, I think that people need to get into other aspects if they want. Listen, a lot of reality shows have been getting Emmys and doing things like that. We talked about um, Vanderpump Rules are getting an Emmy nomination, but... Michaela Ternaski-Holland, who's going to the lowdown on what an XR director really means. I'm excited to talk to her. It's going to be very exciting. We'll be right back. <laughs> And we are back back. with our special guest, Emmy Award winning XR director, Michaela Ternaski Holland. (laughs) Emmy Award, where's your Emmy right now? Uh, it's it's back in New York City uh, on my on the top of my shelf. You don't uh, travel it is, with it. You know, TSA gave me a hard time the first few times, so no. I was really excited. You know, pre check wasn't as smooth as usual. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, Emmy deserves her own seat. So right. So where so where are you now? You mentioned you tra- were traveling from New York. Emmy couldn't come. Yeah. Surprisingly, I'm I'm in California right now, kind of doing a little bit of self-healing in mm. my personal journey with my family and childhood home. We so, uh, love that. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Good for you. Thank you. Oh, poor Emmy. I'm just still thinking about her. <laughs> so, so tell our listeners, XR director, obviously you have awards for being an amazing XR director. For our listeners who don't necessarily know, can you explain a little bit about what XR is and how you direct? Of course. Yeah. So XR stands for extended realities. Mm-hmm. It's a, um, 
it is basically an umbrella term that we use to talk about technologies that are trying to make the digital reality feel more like the physical reality. Mm -hmm. So digital reality, you know, you're on an email, you're on an Instagram, you're on a TikTok, you're on a Zoom call, you're Mm -hmm. inside of a gaming platform. These are all like parts of yourself that exist in a digital reality. And Mm -hmm. those things are usually integrated in a 2D interface, your laptop, your phone, your TV screen, Mm -hmm. your game console. Mm -hmm. Well, we live in a 3D world, right? Like we woke up one day Mm -hmm. after our mother gave birth and Mm -hmm. we realized like if we bumped our shin on a chair, it would hurt because we're 3D humans. We take up space. We exist in a 3D space. Mm -hmm. So the digital reality of creating things that don't feel so 2D is the world of XRs. So what does that mean? It means virtual reality. So we're immersing you fully into a digital environment where that's Mm -hmm. the only thing you can see. Uh, Augmented reality. We're bringing the digital assets of uh, different items into the physical reality as 3D assets. So like you could scan something in Amazon and like see it in your space before you even buy it as like a 3D model. Mm-hmm. Um, also I include like artificial intelligence under XR because AI is a form of digital reality acting more and more like our real physical reality where you can actually have a conversation and there's actually a logic-based model and there's actually an integrated form of not just asking Google for something but actually having a sort of back and forth with like a chat GPT mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. or like a Siri. <laughs> or an Alexa. So this is really a sector of technology that is trying to make things that we already know very closely. We already know how to interact online. We already know how to talk to people online. We already know how to create projects worldwide without even meeting each other in person. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to make that feel more embodied. Um, And being a director in this space basically means I can lead and guide creative, I can lead and guide production. But for me, it's important to have the role of director because it's important that people who aren't as familiar in the space see people mm-hmm. like me right. as a queer woman of color. And you better go ahead to wow. make your place at the table. Yeah, I have like so I, many questions. We all have, we have, okay, <laughs> while you were doing that, we all have so many questions. So we have to go around the room and everyone ask your questions. We have a lot. Well, I'll go first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, you're muted. That's okay. Yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I work at an architecture firm and we've been using VR headsets and they're like experimenting with all this technology and how it putting clients into like this is the space that we want to build for you. And I was mm-hmm. like at, at the beginning I was I was like what are you all doing with these VR goggles like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then now you explaining like what it's going to be used for it's like oh got it mm-hmm. wow so mm-hmm. you broke that down real easy for me thank mm-hmm. you <laughs> like i'm a three-year-old well, <laughs> I mean, honestly think of how much money your architecture firm is going to save mm-hmm. when you have to show your audience or your clients these 2d renderings or even 3d renderings and they still don't understand the scale yeah mm-hmm. so you build a and they get inside and they're like, I thought the lobby was going to be bigger. I thought the staircase was going to be wider. Right. And you're like, too late. We already started like laying right. down the concrete. We already started <laughs> like production. You can save so much money by using these 3D render technologies and putting somebody in a headset who's not as familiar with scale, who aren't mm. as, who isn't as familiar with like 
how things are actually going to look like mm -hmm. 60 feet in your mind is a very abstract idea, but 60 feet in IRL or in URL using a headset mm -hmm. is a very tangible idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it makes sense. There's also a utility in XR. It's not just a technology that's meant for entertainment. It's also a, a technology, hopefully, that would become more of like a utility or productivity tool, which is what we're seeing with like Apple Vision Pro being announced on the market. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Because they're uh, they're always talking like AI and they're always having mm -hmm. people come in and give talks and lectures and lunch and learns and stuff like that. We're doing um, that too. And I was just like, hmm, like, where are we going with this? And now it all makes sense. It, yeah, you're right. It's just going to cut costs and just well, be so much more effective. Well, mm -hmm. when you talk about AI and everything and, and people get in this, like, Michaela, my question to you, do you think that it's a completely good idea? Because now a lot of people are scared for their jobs. You know, I think we saw the beginnings yeah. of some form of AI, not really, when um, – you know, Walmart got rid of all their checkers and it's just like, oh, it's self-checkout. And now you're seeing that people are saying, you know what? Most of the hotels, Yotel, I believe here in New York City, they are completely like you check in with a machine and there's no front desk help. Oh, really? So I don't they, know if I'd call that AI, though. No, I, no, it's not. But I'm saying, like, what do you think about more people like using people's images to get things done? I mean, it's happening. Technology. Techno just, just technology in general. Like, we're erasing the need for human to interaction human interaction i mean How that's a big conversation happening with the sag strike mm -hmm. as well so curious for your opinions on that michaela yeah so the reality is is like the lot of the work i do isn't affiliated with sag after or the traditional entertainment industry most of the entertainment industry sees the work that i do um as sort of fringe mm -hmm. content Mm -hmm. Even though we're featured at Tribeca Festival or Sundance Festival alongside of those like big Talk gorgeous blockbuster films, we're still seen as this like And you have an Emmy. I don't know how many times <laughs> also has an Emmy. <laughs> yeah, we're still kind of seen as this like of ugly step relative. You know, yeah. and I think that really comes down to the fact that XR doesn't yet XR entertainment mm -hmm. doesn't yet have business model. So why would SAG after get involved? Why would the big companies be that interested if they can't make a lucrative money like they can mm -hmm. on distribution? There's already a built capitalist business model inside of film and entertainment. And what we're seeing is that's suddenly self-destructing with these strikes, which I totally stand in full solidarity of. But the reason I actually left film after being very much mistreated on set as a production assistant after I graduated from college was like, I don't want to be a part of an institution that thinks that they can just exploit people mm, and wow. institutionalize their ideas as god like basically it felt like i was back in church for a hot second when i was on film set and yeah. i was like you know like this isn't this is like everyone should have a voice and i found a lot of that um more democratized ideology when i moved into emerging technology and brought my ideas into emerging technology and there was never a sense of like you need to prove yourself you need to go up, go up through the ranks mm -hmm. that being said though when we talk about machines and like robots robots and ai kind of taking over jobs there's two ways we can look at it the first way i look at it is there's always going to be a working class like if we look at history, history, any story, any archive, any ancestral knowledge outside of like pure indigenous kind of ideology where everyone was just living off the land and everyone lived in a very pleasurable, equitable, restful life. Whenever we start to societally put people into different classes and into different sectors of income, mm -hmm. there will always be in class. Yeah, yeah. And so 
I think what's interesting is that what we're starting to see pop up with these automatic self-checkouts and sort of these like these sort of automated systems that used to take six or seven people to run is we're seeing a new working class arise. And that working class is sort of the robots. They're being kind of trained to do our schlep work. And it, I think it's a very interesting, it's going to be a very interesting human interest project to watch how certain AIs get valued in ways that maybe these like automated self-checkout stands don't get valued, right? Do you and think they'll of- have to pay taxes? <laughs> That's a great question. Right? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know because I don't know where the biotechnology will go. Like, I don't know if these AIs will have to pay taxes if they have some sort of like bioform yeah. that is like consuming food or mm. like consuming the like day to day stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I also think, though, that what's interesting is that when you push more and more people out of the grunt workforce, now this is going to be a huge like, oh, Michaela, what are you talking about? But there is an interesting idea that if you pull more and more people out of the grunt workforce and you provide more opportunity and financial wealth, Mm. more people can spend the time to get their education, Mm -hmm. however that is, it doesn't have to be traditional education, more people can spend time in self-healing. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't always work perfectly because we live in a capitalist structure, Mm -hmm. but my dream would be other sources of income will pop up for other types of people who may or may not have been a self check who may or may not have been a checkout person at one point in time and suddenly now they have all the time to look into stocks or now yeah. they suddenly have yeah. all this time to like think about how they invest their finances mm-hmm. and maybe they start their own business because now they're forced to not work this survival job mm-hmm. then there's a plus or minus to both i totally yeah. I totally see the concern. I don't I don't want to sound like I'm for it. I just think there's there's a potential opportunity here if we can find a way for finances to become more equitable mm-hmm. and if we find ways to kind of break apart the late stage capitalist system. And these types of automated systems may or may not disrupt that late stage capitalism. I also okay. think too that there are jobs out there that we haven't discovered yet just because we Agreed. haven't been like pushed. So yeah. if we were pushed, let's take the self-checkout metaphor for example if those people are being pushed out by the self-automated checkout Mm -hmm. what if there's this new job that comes about to i don't know robot maintenance or something like that Mm. like there's so so many rooms and opportunity for growth i feel if we look at it positively well humans also Mm -hmm. we, we you know i've seen a lot of discourse on this from human beings saying well, it ain't. We don't want to do self checkout. Like we, like we don't work at like the people online be like, we don't work at Walmart or Target. Why are we being forced to feel like we're working? And it's actually caused a lot more stealing mm-hmm. from a lot of people mm-hmm. because they are mm-hmm. doing these self checkouts and they're like, if I miss something, who cares? What you gonna do? Like you should have had someone here. So that kind of, I mean, and I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, you can say that, karma. and I'm saying you can say that until your ass get caught at the door. But for a lot of people, you know, they 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 do things like that, and that, and I, I think it's just like Americans in general have been spoiled because I feel like yeah. a lot of this has been going on in other places, like mask, for example. Americans were like, how dare you take away that? I mean, people in Asia have been like that for a very long time, which is why, you know, I I just think that we're seeing a lot of changes that Americans can't handle. They said, let's go back to the 1950s and make it better for us. Yeah. (laughs) That's what they say. I mean, shit. I don't want to Word on the street. Yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite sayings is that the United States is running on iOS 1776. And literally. (laughs) Yo. 
That I'm taking amazing. that. Period. That is amazing. She needs a big old software update. No. Literally, <laughs> literally. So, Michaela, going back to the reason that you got into XR, do you think it was because yeah. of the mistreatment? I'm just trying to look at it as like the silver lining, I guess. Like, did you always plan to go into XR? Probably not, because when you were growing up, you didn't even know what it was. I'm grown up kind of and still don't know what it is um so do you think like the mistreatment the misgivings that you had in a traditional pa role kind of opened your eyes into going into a new route new journey um it was kind of two twofold um i actually dropped out of i studied journalism and film in school and actually dropped out of school for nine months to pursue my performance career on disney cruise line Mm. and i really feel like when I worked on Disney Cruise Line as a dancer, I really saw a lot of the power of immersive interactive storytelling. And I got front row tickets to basically like the best of the best guest service in the world with mm-hmm. Disney and cruise ships. And I saw hospitality, I saw entertainment, I saw dining, I saw entertain, uh, sorry, I already said entertainment. And, I, and it just made me think, you know, if people who are paying thousands of dollars to go on vacation, walk in, look in a certain way, talk in a certain way to their family and walk out talking a certain way and looking a certain way towards their family when they leave. This is transformative. Mm. Like even if it doesn't last, there's something transformative here. People feel really empowered and safe and taken care of. And people actually feel like they have agency to make choices in a way maybe they don't feel in their day-to-day lives. And that opens them up to new behavior changes. And I said, what if we applied this exact idea to journalism and social impact? And I kind of like kept that in the back of my head where I was like, we could really actually make real world changes if we stopped telling stories as if we were being unbiased because it's not true. Like journalism is steeped in white colonialism. It's steeped Mm -hmm. in like suppression of self. It's steeped in this idea where we go into quote unquote exotic worlds and we steal their stories and we steal their knowledge. And then we export it and publish it for our our privileged audiences that we come from. And Mm -hmm. that's a really, um, that's a really problematic system for me. It feels a lot like anthropology. It feels a lot like museums sometimes where mm-hmm. like artifacts and museums are stolen objects, like mm-hmm. articles and newspapers are stolen stories. And so I said, you know, and also for social impact, like people trying to raise awareness about things like domestic violence or nuclear weapons yeah. threat or, or drone surveillance technology. And people sit in these places of power and the political regime and they feel like there's doesn't affect them. Why should they care? And, and I was like, there's got to be a better way we have to work. And, and for a while, I thought that was through maybe like live theater or through dance. And I still think there's power there. But I found that digital reality in XR mm-hmm. was a place we could do it without being tied to a physical space or a physical location. A headset can travel to somebody and put somebody into an experience. And we can give people that same agency. We can make people feel safe to explore different ideas of what this is and what it isn't. And that to me was really powerful on top of the fact that I was working a survival job as a PA after I graduated, that kind of pushed me to pursue XR faster and and stronger than I would have maybe if I had been comfortable in film and felt like, well, this is good for now. And I have this dream of doing immersive interactive storytelling, but I don't have to do it right away. Wow. Mm. Your parents must be so proud of you. 
No, like for real. I'm like, like listening to wow. you. Like yeah, like, I was. I could listen to you talk for like hours. No, and <laughs> are you a professor? You got a podcast? No, and you uh, know what? You do have to come back. Like seriously, Michaela. Like no shit. Like I, I've just seen the energy in the room while you're talking. Like you have to come back and like do a whole hour of like hot topics with us. Yeah, because your thoughts and your opinions on the world are like so spot on, and I and I mean this with all respect. You are a very smart individual. Like the way, like you're very. Well, she has an Emmy, but, right? But you're very, that's some dumb Emmy winners. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's some dumb Emmy winners. Now, did you ever hear Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Mm-mm. So, um, you know, like you are very, very, very blessed, and I love listening to you talk. I just wanted to say that. Sorry, just had to tell, tell you. Well, but be- before we before we wrap up and let you go, I want to go back to something earlier that you said about the Tribeca Film Festival. And you mm. were the first queer Filipino to like be nominated for a major award. First of all, I can't even congratulations. With all due respect, <laughs> I can't believe there hasn't been anyone nominated a, as a queer Filipino before. But yes, congratulations on that. That was amazing. What did that feel like, and how was how were the events and the party, and what does it mean to you to be queer and Filipino and all the questions? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because the reason I actually even had a film, a VR animated experience at Tribeca, and the reason that film meant a lot to me is because I'm queer. So the the, the backstory to that story that I created is that I came out as queer to my family a few years ago, and I grew up in a very conservative Christian family here in California and immediately felt rejection immediately felt abandonment, immediately felt these things that I've been dealing with since then, um, and decided, you know, to look at Christianity and Catholicism for what it is, which was a system of suppression for the Filipinos. And in my research of colonialism, I realized that the Philippines wasn't even meant to be called the Philippines. It's actually named after King Philip. It's an archipelago of over 100 Uh, islands, over 700 islands. It's these basically these independent tribes that were forced into nationalism. Mm -hmm. And so there are over a hundred different dialects and a hundred different belief systems, but going deeper into these indigenous practices, I realized that there was like a whole pantheon of gods and goddesses and the Tagalog Mm -hmm. tribe that were very similar to like Roman and Greek mythology. And so when I got the opportunity to get my work funded by Meta through the Reimagined series that I co-created, which is this whole idea of retelling folklore and fairy tales and mythology from different cultures for VR, I when I was asked which which story would I tell as a director, I said Philippine mythology. Like I'm gonna tell a story where like gods and goddesses are like bad ass brown, all skin tones of brown, all the hairstyles, yes. Yes. and I want to talk about like. The dynamics of family and the dynamics of grief and i don't want it to be westernized where it's like a hero versus a villain kind of idea but mm-hmm. an idea that's more like community familial focused everyone's doing their best and that just happens to be consequences when people's best isn't enough to satisfy people around them or create havoc and chaos which is mm-hmm. basically what happens in a family mm-hmm. you know yeah and so it was my dream to premiere it at tribeca and i, I got to premiere it at tribeca and I think like anything, there's highs because you're like, wow, this is amazing. I'm getting all this attention. The project's getting all this attention. But if there's anything I've learned from this industry, it's like as great as those highs are, it's all absolute bullshit to be totally <laughs> honest. Right? Yeah. 
I'm not, and I, and I, I mean that in the most respectful way because it's not the fact that I'm not grateful for getting into Tribeca. It's just the fact that like these are the same people that come to the same festivals over and over again who have mm-hmm. the privilege to watch VR, who have the privilege yeah. to experience VR. And so what? So as great and amazing as Tribeca was, and as great and amazing as being nominated for the New Voices Award was. I'm actually more excited right now about the fact that I'm speaking to the Philippine consulate in New York City and we're trying yes. to figure out how we can headsets to the Philippines and how we can educate animated animation studios in the Philippines about VR animation and about that technique and they can use Mahal as a template for Philippine stories and how they can think about maybe telling other indigenous related stories using this medium and you know, empowering, empowering them to know that it's not just about the, what the U.S. is doing, but letting them know it's important that they have a creative voice on this stage of XR as well. And so, yeah, I'm really proud of the project. It has so much personality for me. It's about my personal story with grief. It's about my personal story as a Filipino American. It's just a very, and then, you know, as a Disney kid, bless up to Disney, bless up to Pixar, it feels like a Disney or Pixar film that I would have wanted to have as a kid. Absolutely. Representation matters. It really does matter. And you are definitely creating that. And it's going to inspire so many people to do so much more than they think they're capable of, you know, and that's, that's just amazing. Yeah. I think a big thing I struggled with after coming out queer had been struggling with my stepfather a long time, but that really like created a huge rift. And so a lot of what I talk about in the project is feeling fatherless mm-hmm. and there is some, and everyone's always like, well, where's, where's the queerness in this project, Michaela? And I'm like, there's some small, like queer coding. The villagers um, have a spiritual advisor who is the Catalonian and I portrayed them as shirtless for a reason, because in indigenous culture, the Catalonian could have been someone who was born a female or someone who identified as a trans woman. And so this was something I did in a very subtle way. There's some villagers that are hugging each other that are women that kind of, for me, represented like some sort of romance between them. Mm -hmm. But really the focus of the overall project is about these kids who are suffering from grief. And like the, the beauty of that is like, for me, even like the brother character doesn't embody masculinity in a way mm-hmm. that his sister does. And he actually embodies a little more effemininity because I wanted to make sure I was fair to these ideologies of like, you can embody whatever energy you want and still be all powerful. So mm. so it's not like necessarily an explicitly queer out piece, but there are moments that I have embedded into it as a way to kind of like express myself as a director, express myself as a human. Yeah, yeah. lots yeah. of symbolism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. Amazing. Yes. Well, I like feel inspired and learned <laughs> I know after this conversation Michaela thank you so much for taking the time and like talking to us Ashley what you got no I mean all the same things like I just kept thinking about like as you were talking thinking about the future like I keep posing this question it's like what do I think I will be able to see mm-hmm. in my lifetime like you know say I live to be 90 years old like what kind of like AI and like, you know, what you're talking about, like what will we be able to see come to fruition? And so listening to you and hearing like and explaining things, I'm like, oh, I feel like I have a clearer picture of like where we're the headed. Future, yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool. It's I was so also cool. thinking about Ready Player One. Actually, I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> I knew. Yeah. Adam loves that movie. It's one of my Adam <laughs> stands by that movie. Yeah. So that and anything Rose Byrne does. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
If Wish yeah, Rose Byrne would have been in that. Oh, that would have been great. But yeah, I was thinking about Ready Player One. I also, when you were talking about scales, <laughs> I thought of Zoolander when he's like, what is this, a centifa ants? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like knocks it over because of the scale. But anyways, so that that's where my mind was. But yeah, you everything you said has been like so amazing. And like now my I'm going to go down a rabbit hole of just. Oh, like, I'm going to I'm going to look this up. And if I get in your DM and ask you, can I have a job at XR so I right. too can have an Emmy? That would be great. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's, it's it's such an interesting route that people, and, and like Brayden said earlier, jobs are opening up for everyone. There's other jobs and other opportunities out there. And the one thing about New York that we know, and you living here as well, it's like, there's money to be made all over New York. And there's different ways to do it and, and, and legal ways to do it, too. You know what I'm saying? That. So okay. when, <laughs> when, you get, when you get back to New York, Michaela, please, let's do brunch with yes. the Pride the Podcast crew. And also come on as a co-host so we can do Hot Topics no, for at, at some point. For We're going to sure. bite you back for that real soon. So get ready. <laughs> I'd be happy for all of that. Thank you all so much for you know inviting me on and listening. I really appreciate it. Of course. It's been a joy. So tell our listeners before you go where they can find you on social to keep up with all of your projects that you've gone on currently and have done the pipeline. Yeah. So Instagram and threads, uh, it's just my name, Michaela Ternaski Holland. Um, and then on Twitter, it's I'm Michaela TH. So I am my name and then TH because my name was too long for a Twitter handle. My TikTok is also my name. It's not super active. I'm trying to kind of put more content on there, but definitely Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn's my name. You're welcome to reach out anytime. I'm an open book. I will do not want to be a gatekeeper in any way, shape, or form. And I always want to try and give back to anyone who's curious about what I do and how I do it or the industry I work in. Absolutely. Aww, I'll hit awesome. you up on LinkedIn. Right. <laughs> For the professional shot. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> Thank you, Michaela. This has been a joy. Yes. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and letting our listeners know more about what you do and also being a queer Filipino and doing the Lord's work out there. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you all continue to have a wonderful rest of your podcast. And thanks for having me again. Oh, oh you're you. welcome. See you later. Bye. 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 Hey, Pride fam. We would love to hear from you. So please feel free to email us at prideTheseries at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at, at pridethepodcast. Can't wait to hear from you all. And remember to celebrate Pride 365. And we're back. And we're um, back. Michaela is so smart. Yeah. She's so smart. But I she can... made me feel, she didn't make me feel dumb. Right. You know how some right. people have that, like, you know, they don't mean to, but I was like, Brayden do does me sometimes. Damn. Oh. But, he but you to. just called him smart. Right. Right. He means to make me feel dumb, though. What you so he's saying Brayden is smarter than me. I said, I can't even spell XR. Damn. <laughs> wow. It's E X R E. X R. What was that? Didn't there used to be a. Uh, well, didn't we used to have the iPhone XR? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, until we just recently switched. The new one's coming out soon anyway. Yeah, time I need a new one because you mine do. Is... Yours is on. What do you one. have? I have the um wait what's the latest out 14? 14 I have a 13 
So it's not like I have I'm an eleven. Right. Shut Mine's up. not crazy old, but it's messing up. But it's like, me- but it's messing and it I feel like it starts to like glitch. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Adam's eyes gonna start to glitch too, even though it's brand new. Like it will start to glitch because the that's new what Apple out. does. Mm-hmm. Apple has a whole thing. You know what I think? I think Apple knows that they what they sell me, and they're like, "Oh, this is iOS phone, and even if it glitches, she's not going to get a new one, so we may as well let it work." I think I think that what Apple is thinking is they're like, "This is iOS phone, and I know she can afford a new one, so I'm going to try to see what happens." <laughs> <laughs> my you know, phone doesn't break; it doesn't glitch, and it's an eleven. I'm that's, surprised that's my awesome. my watch has lasted as long as it has. Knockwood. Same, mine too. Mm. It dies kind of quickly, but yeah, you know, I have to charge it every night, but yeah, whatever. Hmm. Oh, I don't have a, I don't have a watch. Oh, you don't. <laughs> you don't know how to tell time in anything. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Dumb. So, what else is going on in the world? You guys of- watch Love and Hip Hop. I used to actually, actually I, I used, used to work to. with it. Yeah, yeah, we used to work well, there. I know, you, I know that because. I also know you guys used to watch because uh, the first job that I ever worked at with Ashley at, she'd have her iPod, iPad watching Love and Hip Hop. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ew. And she and Gilchrist would be Tell talking me. about it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, listen, back in the day, it's just juicy trash TV. Yeah, no. At one point, it was like a hot. Like, like hot it, topic. Hot then it got commodity. a little like too much, and then I kind of, and then also working from there, I just had to take a step away. But I know they've recently got like a resurgence. Um, not all the franchises came back. New York is like Dunzo. Well, yeah, what they did is they took uh, away New York and Hollywood, mm-hmm. and they fused like the important or like the breakout stars from both of those shows into Miami and into Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta was always my favorite. That's when I started watching. Yeah. Is when they did Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. What? Have, are you, have y'all been watching? So we, I know what's going on currently right. um, because I've seen the clips from it. Um, Darrell and I watched like what we watched like the first two episodes. We, of this we did. New we watched season. the first two episodes because they're trying to like revamp it into being about love and hip hop again, as opposed to just being about stupidity. Um, but recently, <laughs> but recently they're dealing with a race issue. Oh. Um, that came on the show. So that's been or colorism. A co- well, uh, kinda. A little no, bit of both, a little bit of of both yeah. I, I, th- I think it's a little bit of racism. And, yeah. and so the issue is, so if anyone's been following, so Erica Mena, who was married and has children by Safari Samuels, um, she met up with uh, Spice, who's a very famous uh, dance hall uh, singer uh, from Jamaica as well. Her and um, Safari has done songs and everything together. So Erica sat down with Spice to kind of talk through with her and let her know, like, listen, I'm just kind of upset and based off of the relationship that you had with my husband when y'all were together, like when we were together. Because it was one point uh, Spice was really sick and Safari was like, oh my God, I can't lose Spice. And Erica's thing was, well, you weren't worried about your wife. And he was like, yeah, because I can't lose Spice. Like, I don't care about you, basically. So oh, she, no. she kind of she held a grudge about that. Mm-hmm. She went and she sat down and had a conversation with Spice and Shekinah. Oh, Lord, Shekinah. She had to be that. Shekinah is kind of the Kim Parker of that friend group, but we'll get back to that. <laughs> so they go and they kind of have a sit down and they're kind of going back and forth. And Spice gets upset and she says to... Uh, Erica Mena, who, just the note, Spice is a dark-skinned Jamaican woman. Uh, Erica Mena is a light-skinned um, Afro-Latina woman. Um, and so basically, Spice said, this is why your own son don't fool with you, like, because you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. And at that moment, 
Erica started calling Spice a monkey, a blue-haired monkey. Um, Not blue making yeah. Making animal sounds. <gasps> um, and... You know, there's a what what I thought would be an easy like we all know this is wrong. There is a divide because people are like, well, she talked about her child, and it's like she actually didn't. She talked about, in my opinion, she talked about Erica's parenting. Um, because of the way you are, your child does not want to be around you. She didn't say anything about Erica's child. Erica then took that and said, "I'm going to attack you," and it's just very interesting because we see these. Um, light-skinned Afro-Latino women on these shows constantly, you know, going after these dark-skinned black men and then the moment that they get upset, they want to attack a dark-skinned woman of color and the first thing that they say is they call him a monkey. They talk about their skin. Uh, they say that their skin is ashy. This has been happening for a while. So, yeah, I mean, what do you guys kind of kind of feel about this? That's messy. Do, do, do you think it's... Do you can think I it's just... Too... Go ahead. Go ahead, Aya. Can I just... I hate playing devil's advocate because it's like very like, um, whatever. I don't like doing it, but one, I do not agree. I think 100% like she's, I was reading this article today about how like basically, um, Afro Latino women, um, have this hierarchy of blackness in their head. And like Mm -hmm. the closer you are to blackness, like the lower you are in that totem pole. Mm -hmm. And so like, or the lower you on that roster. So like her calling her that it is very much a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I just want to push back against what you said about parenting. Like any mention of anyone's parenting relationship yeah. is, is, is a really touchy subject. Now, going crazy and racial and like showing that you're like trapped in this caste system. Yeah. She also flipped is, a table. She, Erica. Yes. Erica did flip a table, but Io, one question for you on that. Do you believe that Erica maybe should have just shot back at Spice and said, well, you left your children in Jamaica and you didn't take care of your kids because that right. should that should have been... I think that if, everybody if needs to leave kids out. No, I, no, I yeah. do, but if Spice hit with the kid, instead of Erica going right to the racism, they should have just met there. If they're going to be nasty, be nasty about the same thing and not take it to a race. Um, or, I, I don't she, know. Yeah, yeah. She, absolutely ex- she absolutely escalated it. Yeah. 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 Well, she was hurt. She felt hurt. She felt hurt. She was attacked. She felt attacked and she lashed out. Yeah. And Spice definitely shouldn't have said anything. No, I didn't say it was okay. But I mean, it's just, it's just what happened. And she was like, I feel like she cut me. I want to cut her the same fucking way. And as as somebody who I go. That's just where she went. And unfortunately, you know, it just showed her true colors. And yeah, I mean, but we all go low in situations like that. I mean, I've been known. I listen. Listen, I know firsthand that when someone says something to me that I don't like, sometimes I hit in places I know like I shouldn't do this, but you hurt me, so I'm going to lash back. So mm-hmm. I understand that kind of whole concept. I understand. I think they were both wrong, but unfortunately for Erica, she said the wrong thing that like has repercussions, whereas what Spice said doesn't really have that many repercussions. I mean, one, she's not wrong, and two, it's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't talk about parenting, but that wasn't like... It's not the same below the belt. And no, uh, Erica took it too far. And Absolutely. She, now she has to, you know, deal with the consequences of it. And I hope that she has an open mind and heart to, like, learn from this situation and maybe, you know, do some searching and research and, like, figure do out. Do you think that fi- any fi- of that is going to happen? 
Um, absolutely not. But I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. And I mean, she definitely has the resources to do so. And maybe I hate to use the word bullying, but maybe people will bully her enough and in, into getting help or seeking, you know, um, enlightenment, you, enlightenment, and just like figure out why she went there. Because that means that that's something that's always been in the back of her mind. She always right. thinks of her as like a black monkey. Well, well, well. <laughs> but it's right. like the whole. It's it's built into the Latin culture. Yeah, it's absolutely. part of colonization because Latin culture is what it is because of colonization. Like the Spaniards mm-hmm. did as much, if not more, damage than the English. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, racism in reality TV has been big. I don't know mm-hmm. if any of you guys saw. Um, I think I maybe sent it to you, Brayden, when um, Lisa Renna had made a post recently, and she was just like because we can't talk about like not liking Garcelle's dress or Garcelle's hair because we're assumed to be racist. Like that is kind of a thing. And like Beverly Hills. And I mean, listen, the entire real housewives of New York franchise was canceled and rebooted because of racism. I mean, they all had to go to HR because of racism and Beverly Hills. Like let's keep it 100. Yes. Lisa Renner got into it with Kathy Hilton, but like overall it was what Diana and everything happened with Garcelle's son. That's why those two women are not there. And it's just like, we are in a place where in reality TV, we're seeing this. We talked about this on the last podcast about below deck about like the, the rate. And this is why I kind of am siding with Bethany Frankel a little bit when it comes to her wanting to get protections in place for reality TV stars. Because I 100%. think, because yeah. I think that like, okay, you can't have somebody on set. Like, Rachel slash Raquel from Vanderpump Rules, she said that she was, and came out with proof, she was promised a mental health advocate on set when she went and done the reunion. That's the only reason she agreed to the reunion, Mm because she has mental health issues. And she was promised that you would have someone on set with you to kind of help you and talk you through things and make sure you were good. And that person did not show up. And she was told by producers, we want you at your rawest, so we're not going to give you that. We changed our mind last minute. We we changed our mind last minute. And Mm -hmm. that's not okay. And I think that what Bethany is doing... Um, is decent and it, it listen it goes to say Nini was like I've been screaming this for years but people will listen to Bethany and not me and it's like well there's two reasons for that one because you're black and two because I mean Nini maybe the way you communicate isn't the best yeah, yeah. speaking of um, Atlanta I well this just come, came up on my for you page so I don't know how long it's been out but what's popping up now is the body footage of Kim and Croy and their divorce Ooh. And like, you know, the body footage of them in the closets and stuff like that. Huh? In the closet. What? Body footage? What is body footage? Croy still in the closet? No, they're in a closet. And I I guess an officer was called to the premises. And they were talking and discussing everything. And then, because I guess Kim thinks that he's stealing from her. He's like stealing her possessions to liquidate. But I thought they went to church together the other day. No, 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 no. That is that is not exactly what happened. Brayden, you were going to say something. I'm confused. It was a joke over down. Timing didn't work out. I was just curious if we saw Croy's body. That's it. No. <laughs> well, so, no, so... But basically, he was just like... Uh, an officer was like, oh, you know, talking about who's going to be getting the house, this and that and the other. And they're like, we don't have to worry about that because Kim, the what, what Kim did, we not, we ain't keeping this house. So what happened Ooh. is Kim mm-hmm. and Croy actually first called, the they actually said that they were going to get divorced a while ago to get back on the show. 
And to get their show back renewed, Kim and Croy actually called off their divorce after a little bit and said, we're going to stick together. And now they have, with the news that is coming out, that the entire Housewives of Atlanta is going to be rebooted because they feel like this season was a whole drop because it got the lowest ratings of the entire Housewives franchise ever this season. Mm. And they were calling to fire the producers, and then they were inst- the producers kind of shot back and was like, maybe we should fire the cast and reboot it like we did in New York. And so with mm. that said, now apparently Kim and Croy are back now saying they're going to get a divorce again, and people are calling bullshit. They're like, you want the cameras up and rolling, and it ain't going to happen. So Also, if it's a New York reboot, rebooting, it's not going to be a trace of the old Atlanta. No. Right. No. I mean, Portia Williams Portia Williams. And I would be okay with cur- that. Portia williams Gubata is... Cur- no, but see, I think the problem is the producers. Because when you have... Listen, even Nene said when she did her interview with Carlos King, when you have somebody like Kenya Moore who can read the house down, she is Miss USA. She has brought drama for years. She's currently going through this divorce thing, and she films scenes that you cut out. And then you have Candy Burris who has all these fights going on with Escape and SWV, like she, she, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. They're just not filming it. And when you anchor your show on Marlo, who you gave a rotten peach to, who don't have a man, a who don't peach. even have her own real Wait, children. What does a man got to do with anything? I mean, it's called the Real Housewives. So <laughs> she is, she's just now the real. Well, that's true. She's never had a man. No, right. Not one that can be public. So I mean, if you don't anchor your show on Candy. Kenya and honestly Drew who have the most drama going on now not not she has nothing going on Sheree so in, <laughs> unless you don't Darrell, you read everybody <laughs> I mean and what's the other girl name See, this is why I'm saying what's the other girl name we just need to don't remember, remember. San, Sanya oh yeah. yeah she need to run yeah, away yeah. fast as possible because she's not good either but because she could have had a good storyline, you know. She she went through fertility issues, and but I just think that the show was a, trying to be about something else, and it needs to change. But we don't need to change that. We need to change the producers. That's well. Opinion. I'm gonna. I actually think it's okay to change the cast. I'm. I agree with the producers. I'm a little bored. I didn't watch. I think we should do the whole thing: producers and cast. Just. I mean. Well, yeah, just get rid of everybody. Well, Eric well, Full is a problem. Shangela, go home. <laughs> I think we. The real in New York, this new shit, and stop saying that it's like we shouldn't compare the old housewives to this new shit because it's terrible. This newer housewives of New York, love, you love that like they're all. I only watched what, the first episode. It's happening, Jarrell. Love that they're all. I caught different. up, and I I think it's happening. If we stick with it, I think it's marinating. Well, when's it gonna? gonna get right season three <laughs> i i think i i yes i think season two or three uh, I, so- I i i think season two or three i hear you Braden, on that i think that right now these girls are towing a line because halfway through their filming they were getting messages from previous housewives in new york being like you try ramona and sonia you trying to take our job at xyz they were getting all these kind of messages and i think that what should happen and a smart producer would do is you have these new girls on the show but you bring in the old girls as kind of guest stars and kind of have them anchor in in a way because until the public sees that the old girls gives the like okay then it's never going to be good it's never going to be good Curious which got more ratings. Crappy Lake with Sonia and Luann. Oh, God. I can't say um, that show. Crappy Lake did not get more ratings. Actually, the new uh, franchise got more ratings. Good. It's so much better. At least something got done. 
and yeah. Crappy Leg. No, uh, Crappy oh. Leg did not get the good, best rating. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, what you said was confusing. <laughs> yeah, no, cra- Crappy Lake got low ratings, and the new show got the best rate. Like the it's called Crappy Lake. Yeah, Sonya and Lou. No, it's not. <laughs> they were going to call it Crappy Lake, and they even advertised it a little as Crappy Lake, but it's actually called something else. Called like something in Sonya, something, something. Well, the 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 way it is, it's in the title. It's crappy. It's anyway, crappy. <laughs> it, it didn't do well. But y'all, did y'all see the U.S. health officials urge moving pot to lower risk category? When as that, it should I thought be. Already was. It no, it's still mm-hmm. a schedule. It's still a schedule one drug. Mm. And they're recommending that it be be used for Schedule Three. So Schedule One's like heroin, ecstasy, like things like that. Oh, that like government have, where it never should have been. A, yeah, they can't find uh, a medicinal use for them, so um, they want to move it down like two. Heroin and ecstasy, in my opinion, should not be in the same category either like when you think of like hallucinogens and things like that like it should not be in the same as like something you got to shoot yourself up with like i don't, I don't know that i don't know those i i don't I, I don't know why i'm just saying the reason is because the because of how far away it is from like actual medical use it's not about mm-hmm. how how sense. much it fucks you up right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but that, they're like saying like sense. it should be schedule three because there are medicinal uses for marijuana yeah mm-hmm. And there are many estates that where it's legal, so it yeah, mostly be. munchies, <laughs> mostly fucking munchies, mostly munchies. I mean, it's about time. I mean, the number of people that are locked up in jail over weed, over dime bags and twenty bags, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. So it's it's about time, and I think we're moving in the right direction. It's moving slower than it should, but I guess progress. You know what's is crazy? I was talking to Takara like like a year or two years ago when things like started to really start legalizing mm-hmm. in different states. Um, and we were like, you know, what's going to be crazy. Like when they release all those federal prisoners, it's going to be like after the blip in Marvel. Mm. Cause like, we're not going to have jobs for them. We're not going to have any places for them to live. Yeah. Gonna, it's, it's, it's going to be like after the blip and everything's like all fucked up. Yeah. And speaking, and they uh, can't go to Canada. No, no. Cause Canada already warned their, citizens be careful about the u.s because you mean, said don't go down there it's you know it's, it's ghetto yeah well they're cautioning lgbtq citizens uh visiting united states over state laws and this is like mm-hmm. that is such a that's very, embarrassing that, that's embarrassing it and that's so upsetting because we continue to promote the u.s as being the land of the free the home of the brave and i'm like um that's why i said kind of though. Mitch mcconnell kind of though <laughs> that's why i said fuck him because he's a big reason why this is happening. He is yeah. a big reason why. He is. So he can get fucked with a sick dick. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody clutched their pearls. Oh, my God. I had to come. <laughs> but anyway. Brain speaking- turned his camera off. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of having no place to live, um, New York landlords who have, like, stabilized, like, mm-hmm. units. Mm-hmm. Are leaving them un like are leaving them vacant because they're like it's gonna be it's less money for us to spend you know than putting someone in there and then only getting this little bit amount and it's like what the fuck what? yeah so yeah. they're just leaving apartments open when we're in a housing crisis yeah they're just like no we're not renting out these apartments because we'll lose money on it yeah 
I mean, we're in a very precarious situation in the United I, States. I of need America. to hear. Yeah, I'm leaving. Where are you I, going, Adam? I would like I to leave. <laughs> I, too, would like to check that out. We need yeah. to see what the aliens going to be doing. Right. Yeah, aliens ain't stopping here. They drove by and said They no. said, ooh, I'm not staying here. Lock the door. Lock, lock the, the doors. doors. Absolutely. <laughs> Those aliens were like, uh, no. They're like, ooh, I thought this doesn't look like the picture. <laughs> the, it, they said the brochure right. is very different. <laughs> I do not blame them. No, but I'm I, like, please I, take me with you. No, like, they, <laughs> yeah, this plane is like a fucking Motel Six. Yeah, uh, they're like, oh no, th- things are really bad. I was actually telling uh, Adam and Corey before everybody got home. For those who don't know, I I got laid off from that stupid fucking job I hate. You want to say the name? I'll say the name. Ten Lifestyle Management. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't fucking apply that fucking piece. You of should shit leave a, a like a really bad glass door review. Oh, bitch, yes. I'm I'm on, on their neck. Door. I'm I'm leaving a great. Um, exit interview because they can get fucked and <laughs> today I just found out four more of my like really close friends were laid I'm not gonna say their name obviously for privacy reasons but they were also laid off and I just think that right now the world in terms of jobs are so interesting because there's so many layoffs and there's so many closures and a lot of it I feel has to do with COVID in a way I, I feel like that people realize we're that we're still and I was experiencing telling, the right and I was telling Adam yesterday or today, maybe I was just like, we are in a position where people are saying we only need one person to do all of this work. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we don't actually need two or three or four people, even though it's a two or three or four people job. They're like, we'd rather pay one person. And we know that one person going to stay and stick it out because where else are they going to go? Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really rough in these streets. And it's like there's barely any jobs out there. And then the ones that you. They are out there. You have like 10,000 people applying for one job. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. The job market has changed so much. Not to mention the jobs they're taking away with AI. Yeah. That too. That too. And we haven't caught Mm. up like what Michaela was talking about where it's like, um, you know, with the rise of AI and like XR and all that stuff, there will be more jobs created to replace the ones that go away but like we haven't got there yet it's just the jobs are being taken away right now yeah, yeah. so Too there's quickly. like a discrepancy yeah yeah hopefully that changes hopefully we start to see something happen by the end of the year toward the beginning of the year so we can like see things kind of come back into motion that includes mm-hmm. the writer strike the you know another one thing i want to point out really quickly before we go congratulations to amc studios they've actually reached a deal uh, with the guild to actually complete um, interview with the vampire, the Walking Dead spinoff. So there are shows we talked about a twenty four doing it before, but there are like communities and 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 places like making those decisions now to like keep shows and stuff going. And still and Disney networks. just and Disney Mm-mm. still Bob is still tight. Bob said I can't believe they laughed at my he, two weeks ago. I believe he's like I can't believe they laughed at the deal. No, they were. The he went back to that billionaire's retreat, and everyone's like, "What the fuck did you open your mouth?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and he was just like, "I thought I made a good deal," and they were like, "No fool." You didn't. And they were like, "No, you should have shut the fuck up." And <laughs> now they've hired this like crisis PR team to try to like turn things around. But I was watching this PR lady, and she was explaining. She was like, "You know, like social media moves too quickly for the old PR form." Yeah. So they can hire the best team in the whole wide world. Hmm. But um, because the actors and the screenwriters are utilizing social media so well, there's kind of no way to get ahead of it. And like, 
they should just fucking make this deal because they're they're I too would, slow. I would like for them you to make slow? it. I would like for because right now the only thing that's working is soaps. And congrats to all the soaps out there that's hiring a lot of out of work actors to come in and do little spots and guest stints to get some money in their pocket because that's all that's working right now. So mm-hmm. again, the soaps are saving soaps the world, and commercials. Which, is, which is why I stand by them always. Ting. Guys, this has been good. This has been fun. Thank you guys for joining us. We have had a great time catching up. As always, you can find me on Instagram at I am Darrell Anthony and Twitter Darrell Anthony. And it is safer for work. Um, Well, who cares? I don't have a job, so you can just follow my Twitter. (laughs) X. X. Mm -hmm. You can find me, Adam Andrew Rios, at the Adam Rios with a zero on Instagram and Boxwine Poppy with a zero on Twitter X. And your uh, twi- TikTok. It's it's X. Your your Twitter is X. I'm rated. not calling it that. <laughs> I'm not calling it that. Okay. You're not even on it. Oh. <laughs> I am on Twitter. Because you can find me at the fabulous Spencer. <laughs> okay. On both Instagram and Twitter. Bloop. Bloop. And you Bloop. can find me, Ashley, at Ashley Aaron M on all social media. That's it. Period. You can find me in the club. Uh, <laughs> Braden Bradley on Instagram and BradenBradley.com if you want to work together. What about the but professional shawties? The professional shawties. <laughs> um, anyway, oh, guys, till next time. Wait, where are they going to follow Pride at? Adam? At Pride the Podcast on Instagram and X. And we don't have a TikTok yet, but we need to get one. God yeah. damn, we've been trying to get a TikTok Y'all since the inception. Y'all don't want to make TikTok for me. I've been saying. I, we've been trying to make TikTok since the inception. I made one recently. Did, did it include plot, I'm gonna podcast? Put, I'm going to put my singing video mm-hmm. up on TikTok. Does that yeah, include bitch. Pride the Podcast? You could tag them. Fuck y'all. All right, y'all. We'll see you guys next time on Pride the Podcast. Thank you so much for joining Pride us. Pride the Podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.